got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What's going on, guys? It is me, T.A. Tim. Jeb is out for the day, but crypto didn't stop, so we're going to continue to roll on as if he was still here. I am joined today by one person you definitely know and one person you might know, but you also might not. Uh, we're joined first by my producer, Smay. Smay, how are you doing today? I'm good, everybody. How are you guys doing? I'm kidding. I, I'm you guys can't. Yeah. You guys can't respond back. Let us know in chat how um, you yeah. are doing. No, uh, I I just want to say I just want to say thank you guys to all our members. I just want to shout out the members. I love you guys. Um, you guys are very special to me, and I love you guys. Yeah, great. All right. Well, you guys know Smay. This special guest for today, some of you might know because in his pastime, he was what was the final count? Three hundred. I think he said three hundred thousand followers on Vine. Taylor Shrum is joining me sitting at my seat. Welcome, Taylor. Hello. Hello. Love, Great to love be here. what you're repping behind you, you know, keeping the desk strong. Yeah. A real MVP. Yeah. I'm surprised oh. you left it up. No, that, that stays there. I mean, we still need the frame for it and everything, but that's going to stay there. Yeah, Taylor, real quick before we dive into and just jump into stuff, real quick, can you give a quick synopsis of who you are and, and what you're doing here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Taylor Schramm. Uh, I started trading, you know, halfway through high school and I mostly got into stocks. Obviously, back then, I wish I'd gotten into crypto much earlier on. But um, yeah, so I've just been trading, sometimes day trading, most of the time swing trading. I've been profitable so far, have definitely had some losses, but but uh, have only really had gains over the long term. You know, I'm just uh, always a lifetime learner when it comes to crypto. And I'm looking to continue to, to learn with you guys and, and hopefully share a little bit about what I've learned as well. Yeah. No, for those of you who uh, are wondering, Taylor's actually going to be joining the team really soon as a production slash help in the research department. I'm super excited about what he's going to be able to bring to the table. So look forward to seeing more from him. But today's show is going to be a little bit different. Traditionally, we normally just follow one coin, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, we talk about the bullish news, the, the bearish news, and we can kind of conclude what is happening, what's going to help you move on. For today, you know, Jeb is not here. So this is the Tim show. I'm going to try to do as much as I can to give you guys information both about Bitcoin and Ethereum. So in our first segment, we are going to be jumping into TA on Bitcoin. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the conclusion, what we need to be looking at. In our second segment, we will be talking about Ethereum, same thing. And at the end, we will be doing uh, just some quick news stories that are kind of important to the future of the crypto market and kind of analyzing them, discussing them, and ultimately getting what you guys even think as well. Smay, do you have something to add? Yeah. Uh, do you want to explain to everybody uh, why you're hosting the show today? Yeah. Jeb's out. You know, Jeb has a business meeting every single week. Those of you who watch all the time, you guys uh, know that one Wednesday a month, Jeb is out. So that is why we have a Tim takeover show. Uh, this is not meaning we're taking over the show uh, as a whole just for today. So I am hoping that it is still just as helpful and you guys love it just as much. Uh, so we got to dive into technical. So Samay, you can go ahead and go to my screen. We want to analyze Bitcoin. I'm going to kind of work even with you guys, work through it. Even though I have some notes here, I'm going to kind of go through the, what's happening on the chart with you guys, kind of give you an inside run as to maybe even how here at Crypto Jeb's team, how we do our technical analysis. So the first thing I want to point out 
is things that have not changed. And that is, if you're looking right here on the daily chart, we are still working in an ascending wedge pattern. We talked about this a little bit before, just so you guys know, this is on the logarithmic chart. If you are looking at the linear chart, you're gonna see it do something like that. And it's kind of like, okay, what the heck happened? I could change this line, and now all of a sudden we're in a rising trading channel, and I have to change this one as well, give me just a second. But either way, we are in a rising pattern of price action and we are bouncing off of these tops. So I'm gonna go ahead and fix it back to my logarithmic chart. So that's just so you guys know, we are in an ascending wedge traditionally, not every single time, but close to 70% of the time, we end up breaking bearish out of these wedges. So traditionally, you're gonna see people break to the downside. That doesn't mean what's ha that's what's gonna happen, but just so you guys know, I can't lie to you, I can't not tell you the facts. The facts are ascending wedges traditionally break bearish. But let's move on to things that maybe are kind of coming up. Something we've been talking about here for a while, and when I mean a while, I mean the last couple of weeks, is looking at things like the VPVR and knowing when we're gonna go up. Because we've been saying for a while, as great as this rally has been for Bitcoin, Bitcoin, rallies, especially healthy rallies, need some healthy dips and retracements just to stay on track. Traditionally, what you guys see in a market when we just have nothing but parabolic to the upside, we also have some steep downside movement. So when we say, guys, we're about to dip, when we say, guys, we're about to have a correction, a retracement, understand that does not mean that we are turning our attention and saying, oh, bull market's over, we're done. It means, hey, part of this rally is gonna need a nice healthy uh, retracement. To be honest, this one took a little longer than I thought it would, but it looks like we are actually coming into play now. But I wanna show you guys in the VPVR what exactly is happening. So this is a metric we've been looking at now for a little while. So you guys are gonna see, as I move it around, this line keeps changing. That's a really strong level of support right there. But we have been watching this bit of uh, VPVR for a while now. And we the last couple of days, we were kind of hovering up in here, and this is where we kind of got the information saying, hey guys, if the bulls can make a nice push, we'll be able to rally all the way up to this little pocket of 62,000. But if they cannot, if they lose traction and the bears start to gain it, then we could fall all the way down to this red line right here at 53,000. So I'm gonna kind of give you guys what's happening here. If you look at where the peak of this is, we're seeing a line right there around 54,900. So if you look over the last couple of days, and I'm gonna zoom in on this one, yesterday we were able to drop below it, but closed above. Great sign for strength for the bulls to say, hey, we're not gonna give up without a fight. This morning we were sitting down here below it again, but yet we've gotten the candle to come back up above it. This is still showing a sign of fight from the bulls. I love it, but just so we're on the same page, what we need to see is these daily candles continue to close above this blue line of 54,900 to remain in the seat of saying we don't need to retrace all the way back down to 53. So even the title of this video, where is the bottom of this dip before we return to the all-time high? This is something that's gonna be really, really important looking at. Can we turn this to the bottom? Have, can we say that we've already hit the bottom? Or do we break below that blue line and retrace all the way back down to 53 or maybe even lower? But that's not the only thing we wanna look at. That is just, I think, maybe potentially the most important detail of what we're looking at in terms of predicting what the price is gonna do over the next couple of days. Something we do need to go look at, and this is something I like to do every single day when I do TA, is I love to address what's happening in the MACD, what's happening in RSI, because as you guys have been watching the show for a while, one of the biggest indicators we're looking at is what's happening in RSI and seeing if we have some divergences. So for example, you guys can see back here, we clearly had some bearish RSI divergence playing out, so just so you guys know, see that again. 
we saw the RSI top seeming to descend while the price action was increasing, right? So in this case, we saw the price and the RSI doing something different. Therefore, we could have predicted based off of that analysis that we would have a price decrease. Well, what happened? Of course, we see right here, the price came down. Now we're playing out some bullish RSI divergence that is bringing us back up. And at this point, I actually really love what we're sitting on the daily chart. I don't see us actually forming any bearish or bullish RSI divergence. I do want to clarify, because this was a question even I had that Jeb and Kelly are both even able to say, hey, you know, Tim, actually, that's not going to play. I had the question right here. When I look at this level, we had the RSI at 73, the price at 41,000. But of course, our RSI over here is nowhere near as high. We're sitting right at 70, yet our price price is up here at 57,000. The reason why we're not going to look at that and say that is making more bearish RSI divergence is because in all reality, this was the key level right here. Looking at those tops, we played out that bearish RSI divergence. We are good. We no longer need to utilize this peak over here on the 29th of July to say, hey, are we still forming divergences with that? We're now moving on to its own level. So this is a bullish sign, I would say. Something that could give you some comfort at night is that at the moment, the RSI is not showing us either bullish or bearish RSI divergence, which is good. However, it's not as good when we come down to the MACD. A lot of room to change, but we are seeing not only the green histograms begin to shrink, we're watching that RS, or sorry, the MACD line begin to come down. Doesn't mean we're definitely going to see a cross. That's still a large gap between what's happening right now and seeing a, a bearish MACD cross, but it is something to keep an eye on because I think that comes up here when we get down to the Forley chart. But for right now, I want to stay on the uh, daily. So, Let's move over here and let's look at Market Cipher. Actually, I'm going to pull this up right here and show you guys what's happening on Market Cipher because this is one of my new favorite indicators I've been using. I still have a very long way to go to learn everything that not only Kelly knows, but the creators of Market Cipher have made it to be. However, what I am looking at right now is kind of we're sitting in a wait and see moment with Market Cipher. If you guys look at this green right here, and what I'm gonna do actually even help you guys see it, go ahead and make it full screen. If you guys see this, this red and this green line here, this is talking about money uh, flow. So when it's red, that's money coming out. When it's green, that's money going in. Traditionally, what we kind of see when we look at this, and I wanna give you guys as much of a window as you can, we kind of see the price action flow up. Oh, nope. Give me uh, that pit marker right there. We see the market price flow up, kind of come down, and we see waves happening, right? So this is something I'm keeping an eye on. And, you know, even talking with Kelly this morning, who definitely understands this way better than I, he said, we're kind of in a zone right now, sitting right here, where we need to wait and see. Are we going to make a little bounce again and continue to rally up and have maybe even continued price action, or is this the bottom, and are we gonna see it kind of start to swoop back down? This is something we need to keep an eye on. Another thing that I'm looking at with this indicator is this blue level, this is where we have momentum. So obviously, this, it kind of works the same way. We have some swings in momentum. You guys have seen, we have momentum down, we swing back up, we come back down. It looks to me, again, we could continue, oop, don't need that. We could continue to see it go to the upside, but it does look to me like we are kind of flat leveling right there, and this red dot right here, which is not necessarily a sell signal, but it is a negative signal, has just flashed. I want to see, do we see another green flash here soon, or do we see this momentum begin to slow down? We also see these RSI lines are descending as well. So... I don't know if we're able to use that just yet to make a definitive statement about what's happening, but it's something we need to keep an eye on. Even if I go on and use another thing that Market Cipher offers, and this is the DBSI, which kind of really helps us show power movement of what's happening in the market, you'll see here, 
I'm gonna explain this to you guys as well. You'll see here these numbers on the bottom and on the top, and we're seeing them change. So for those of you who don't know, and again, this is something that I've only learned recently, so if anyone thinks differently or has a correction, I'm glad to hear it. But when a number is higher than 14, that is actually showing a lot of pressure pushing away from it. So we see this 15 flashed on the top, that would indicate there's actually a lot of pressure right now to push the price down versus a negative three at the bottom, which means there's not a lot of fight being to push it away. We also wanna see uh, trends. So for example, you guys will see here, Let's go back here. We see an eight flash right here. We see a 10 flash. Uh, so it's getting a little more powerful on the pressure there than eight, then nine. So we took a little slight decrease, but then nine, we're getting a little stronger. But then we jumped to a zero, so it flipped versus we're seeing numbers, you know, flowing on the on the bears, like being able to push it down, getting stronger. It's a little weaker right there. Stronger, stronger. I wanna see if this trend continues. Do we close the next candle on this daily chart? Do we close this candle with a 15? Do we close it higher than that? Let's see what happens as we move forward. But overwhelmingly, I'm just gonna kinda help you guys understand this. On the daily chart, it doesn't mean that there's definitely gonna be negative action, but it does look like there is a lot of bearish pressure in the market that wants to push the market down as far as daily goes. A lot could happen to change that, but we do have to address that and say, hey, listen, if I'm looking at the charts, we could be seeing a further uh, dip in the price before we resume to a rally. Let's go to the four hourly chart and let me actually get rid of that for just a quick second. I wanna see if anything's a little bit different over here. One thing that I think is kind of cool here, now let's go to the RSI and kind of see what's playing out over here. Just like we had nothing going on over there, on the four hourly chart, we actually have some interesting stuff happen. I think we addressed this a couple days ago, but just in case we didn't, I wanna remind you guys. This is actually really interesting on the RSI because we're actually seeing both bearish and bullish RSI divergence play out. So I'm gonna go ahead and draw the lines for you. I don't even need to draw the top there. Let me move this so you guys don't have to deal with looking at that. You guys can see clearly the price action is moving up while the top of the RSI is moving down. When we're looking at the tops, that spells to me bearish RSI divergence. However, let's tell the whole story. Let's also look at the bottoms of these prices. And for this one, I actually want to move back to this line right here and show you guys the trend of the price is going down over here. Well, okay, so we have descending RSI versus if I use that same mark over here on the price action, we're seeing an ascending in price action. So what is this? This is bullish RSI divergence. So now we're looking at just one metric and seeing confliction in the market. How do we read this? How do we make a prediction on what we think going to happen. Here's what I'm gonna say, and this is simply my opinion, you are welcome to your own. I am looking at these tops. I see a top right here on the 6th of October. I see a top right here on the 11th of October that are pretty key. It shows bearish RSI divergence that we should see a descent in price. Now let's look at the price action. The 11th of October was a top. It was a recent top. Now we see a descending in price action, which tells me, I think that the last couple of days, that is what we've been playing out our bearish RSI divergence, and it's actually getting close to where I think, at least on the four hourly chart, we're gonna see some positive price action playing out this bullish RSI divergence. So here's an evidence that kind of conflicts with what we saw on the daily chart, saying that we actually might see the price resume to the upside. So we're gonna conclude with the video at the end and kind of really dive into why you should view things one way or the other, but I'm just trying to offer you guys right now what the charts are saying so you can read them to the best of your ability. When it comes to the MACD, let's go ahead and jump onto this one. We, for the last couple of, of, of uh, candles, have had bearish movement that if this holds up, we could be stagnating and stopping to return to the upside. So again, this looks like it potentially could be in the bull's favor to be able to 
stop this dip, this uh, fall right now in price to resume our rally. So, so far, we have a little more to look at, but so far, we're actually seeing bullish sentiment begin to uh, develop on the four hourly chart to overpower the bears. Let's go ahead and go to uh, some of these other things we're looking at over here. The first one I want to address, I don't even have to pull anything else up, is on our volume. So this is actually encouraging to me. I want to kind of give you guys a bigger uh, look at the market. We while we see a price spike, or sorry, a volume spike in the bars down here on the 12th of October, overall, the volume in the last couple of days has been smaller, especially with some of these red candles. To me, this is something I still want to see develop, but this is actually showing me a hesitancy in the market of, again, this follows the metric and the thought that we've been talking about the last couple of days. We're kind of in a no trade zone. People really don't want to short, but people also do not want to long. We're kind of waiting to see what happens. So I'm waiting for a big breakout. Is that breakout going to be to the downside? Are we going to see a massive red candlestick with high volume to the downside, taking us back down to 53 or maybe even lower? Or are we going to see this be the bottom? We bounce. We not only have a big green candle, we also get a big green bar confirming that the market is ready to move to the upside. Uh, moving on, I do want to look at the Bollinger Bands just so you guys know. We are approaching, uh, which it looks like we've reject, uh, you know, kind of bounced up even in the last little bit, but we were approaching the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. This is the thing. I know people have talked about this for a while. Is this actually a definitively negative thing? I think, or sorry, a positive thing. I think that traditionally we see, sometimes we hang tight on the edges of the Bollinger Bands. Sometimes we ride the tops or ride the bottoms for a while. But traditionally, just so you guys know, the Bollinger Bands helps us see when the market is overbought or oversold. And at the moment, it is looking like we are oversold. So this actually means very bullish for the future of Bitcoin's price, that if we haven't hit the bottom, this is kind of indicating that we are getting close to hitting the bottom before we can resume back up in price. Uh, last thing I wanted to say here is on the TD sequential we are seeing a red nine flash just come now. Now, there are times where the price continues to move down after a red nine flash, but again, traditionally, that red nine flash helps us signal the bottom of a dip before we resume to a rally. So, overwhelmingly, before I now move on to my team and kind of get their takes, the charts are actually kind of conflicting. We need to kind of dive even deeper into the news and to on-chain metrics to really know what's happening in the price because we got the daily chart over here telling us hey, there's a good chance we need to go a little bit deeper versus the four early chart is kind of saying, actually, this might be the bottom. We might be ready to go ahead and rebound and go up. But uh, Taylor, what are your thoughts, even with including what you've been doing in research with news, on-chain metrics, in your experience with reading the charts, what are your thoughts right now about what's happening in Bitcoin? Well, I think that was a, a really good analysis, first of all, and the comments seem to be reflecting that sentiment as well. Uh, I think with Bitcoin, I think you just got to look at, you know, just kind of the, the recent, what is it, a uh, 9%, 39%, 30, yeah, I was way off, 39% increase since the uh, 28th of September. I mean, that has just been what we have been praying for in Bitcoin yes. for a long time. I mean, ever since that the, the major dip uh, back in May. So, you know, we're really coming off some, some big answers to the questions we've been asking. And, you know, Will it return to the downside before it goes higher? I think that's probably more likely, just in my own yeah. opinion. Just so you you think the bottom's just a little bit lower? I think the bottom's is, is gonna be a little bit lower before we go higher. Yeah. I think we've been kind of consolidating in a pretty big channel. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's obviously, you know, broken out in the short term, but I think I I'm continuing to think about this sideways movement since May, just as a, as a volatile 
continuation of consolidation. And when it when it breaks out, it's going to break out really big. I yeah. think it's going to be to the upside. Yeah, I think anybody who's thinking about it to the downside, even even they still think it's a it's a it's a bullish asset overall yeah. in the long term. But there are, there are some major bears out there. So I hope that answers your question. I mean, when it comes to technical analysis, I can't really show you a whole lot of what I'm right. Yeah, you at, can't show us. Yeah, but, I, I run that problem every single day. That's you know, <laughs> uh, a fun problem. But that 38 percent, you know, yes. uh, recent gain. I mean, it's it's it's. It brings a lot of legitimacy yes. to, to the conversation for folks to see, you know, blood getting back into the system mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, um, bringing new life. Yeah. Um, you know, but but overall, you know, I, I, do, I do think it needs to, to come back down a little bit more. Um, we just had a, a crazy precipitous gain. And, and yes. it, it just it, I think it needs to come back and have a healthy, a little bit more of a healthy correction and then go higher. That's well, just my take. Yeah. You know, before we jump into some super chats, just uh, make you go back to my chart real quick. I want to show you guys. I mean, just we have to remember this before anyone looks at you know, when they see a 200 or maybe even a thousand dollar drop in Bitcoin price. Remember the health of these runs. I, I want to just even right here. Let's just look at the last couple of months. We have a massive rally right here for a couple of days. Uh, I'm zoom in for you guys. Massive rally right here for a couple of days before we had a four day dip in price before we resume that rally. And, and then you can see as we played out constant switching of red candles to green candles, red candles, to green candles. But as a whole, we end up rising in price. Is it rising? Right. Raising, rising, you know, rising. In, come on now. Price action. There we go. Uh, by a whopping. Uh, that cannot be the right thing. Let's say there's no way. 70 percent. Did we rise by 70 percent? Holy crap. That's way higher than I even thought. 70 percent rise in price with one. Two, three, four, five dips, five retracements, five times where the price got a little negative, and yet that was not the time to freak out. So in the same boat, why would we freak out and why would we get angry when we bounce off of a resistance line that helps us know where our limits are and we come down a little bit before we continue that rally? This is something before we freak out just because we see some negative price over the next couple of days that we look at the history of what price action and what a healthy market looks like. And we realize, oh no, this is part of the plan. This is all good. So with that being said, let's jump onto some super chats. And traditionally, what just happened there? Traditionally, this is something that I read from that chair, but I am the one that has it for today. So I'm going to be dual seating uh, Jeb's position and my position, and we'll answer these questions. Tom Ford said, shout out to my daughter, Sierra. Shout out, Sierra. Glad to glad to have your, I'm guessing that's your dad, your dad watching the show every single day. Tom, thank you so much for that donation. Uh, let's see here. We just have somebody who gave one about Tiger King coin. The name is Tiger King coin, T King. Um, not really sure what happened there. I don't see a comment there, but sure. thank you so much for the donation. Uh, we have another, we have a shill coin. Jared, thank you so much uh, for donating, but we're not going to be reading uh, shill projects. If we, if we do research and we find out what that, coin is well we'll let you know uh vic sir said happy birthday tim uh well not not my birthday uh maybe there's somebody else named tim i'm sure somebody in the world is named tim and it's their birthday robbie g said if jeb doesn't show up we riot Uh uh-oh um he uh he will not be showing up but please don't riot uh that would be detrimental Uh, i don't even know how you do it because you guys are all hopefully in separate locations uh uh rick 4962 i'm gonna start 
before I read the question, uh, the answer is no. Um, but thank you for the donation. He asked Tim, "Will you rap if you get to 2,000 likes?" Love you guys. You know, as a strong pass, I don't I don't possess the same skills that Jeb does. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that. But uh, let's see here. We got a couple other super chats. I think that just popped up. We can get to before we move on. Uh, Sean Burns says, "Taylor, what are the things you see in the stock market that you wish were in the crypto market?" And before you answer that, I love this question because this is also one of the things I think I'm super excited about Taylor joining the team is his experience in the stock market. And as we watched over the last couple of weeks, a lot of times, at least for right now, we're still seeing the stock market and crypto kind of move together. So I'll, I'll repeat the question, Taylor, so you remember it. But uh, what are you seeing in the stock market that you wish in what you wish you were seeing in the crypto market? <laughs> that's a that's a fascinating question. It's a question that deserves a lot more time of analysis. But what I'd say, the first thing that comes to my mind is diversification of industry. What are these projects actually producing and how are those uh, projects different from each other? And when you start to get diversity in what is being produced, then you start to get you know cycles of money flowing in and out of the industry. So that's one of the ways I like to play the stock market is to go from you know oil into auto into uh, uh, you know microchips and try to go back and forth and and kind of see how the money's moving and i also like to base it off of the headlines per industry so if we could see more of that you know it, it just kind of shows how early days it is in crypto that you don't see that as much yet um, but sooner or later there will be you know very very concrete winners and losers in these specific uh approaches so some of the coins are 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 aspiring to be the leaders in um, value, right? Mm -hmm. In the long term, like this is going to be the new gold. I think a lot of folks would consider Bitcoin to be the front runner in that sense, whereas other coins uh, and other projects are aspiring to really be the the network, like the Internet 2.0, the next layer of the Internet, where, you know, it could just completely replace, you know, what the Internet is now, like servers. Um, and so that's really what I would want to see is like these like micro industries kind of start to grow up yeah. as second layers to the market in general yeah. to where, you know, when you think of, oh, I'm going to put my money into auto, you know, people now think of Tesla, whereas 10 years ago, if you thought, had that thought, you probably would be a lot, um, you know, richer today. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's really my answer. Uh, you know, what is the what is going to be, you know, these industries thinking about it in that hmm. where whereas crypto is like it's kind of a, a breeding ground for different operators to move in and and produce more than just a store yeah. of value. Man, I look forward to the future. I'm super excited again with Taylor's contribution to even helping bring in what's happening in the stock market. Uh, you know, it's really great. He understands both how those are working. Um, before we move on, if you are enjoying this stream, hit the like and subscribe button. Even though there's no Jeb, I want you guys to stay a part of this community. We are building something together. Uh, we want to be real. We want to be genuine. We want to help you guys make the best decisions you possibly can. We are not financial advisors. We do not dictate how the market moves. Our job is simply to help you best be able to read it for yourself. So if you're a part of the, if you want to be a part of this community, if you want to grow, if you want real news and, and real genuine responses to what's happening, uh, make sure you hit that like button. I know we can get it a little higher. Uh, 
Uh, our views are a little lower today, but that's okay. There's no Jeb. Uh, love everybody who is in here, but we definitely get those likes a little bit higher. With that being said, though, I know some Super Chats are coming in, but we're going to go ahead and move on to a th Ethereum and kind of do kind of a similar format to what we were talking about. I did get a message from our researcher, head of research, Kelly. He wanted to make sure that you guys understood that with the indicators uh, having conflicting data signals, that doesn't mean that we're reading them bad. You know, that's, that's part of technical analysis. As you get going in it, you're going to get very confused. You're going to even sometimes get frustrated. What we're seeing right now in the market is a massive amount of indecision. And, and it's kind of that's the reason the technicals are confusing is because the price points are confusing. The bears are doing things. The bulls are doing things. We're in a great tug of war right now that we're not 100% certain, certain who's going to win just yet. But our job as technical analysts and your job when you're reading the technicals is to make the most of what you can do by reading the charts and prepare yourself for both situations. That's what I'm hoping you guys are getting from this is you're prepared to see what should happen to say the bulls are winning, to see what should happen if the bears are winning and how to make your response based off of it. But let's jump to the charts. Let's go ahead and jump into Ethereum, starting with what has not changed whatsoever. And that is that we have been for the last, how many days is this? Well, this was back in July 21st. That's a long time. No, actually, sorry. This really started forming back on in the 12th of May, back when we hit all-time high. But we are sitting right now in a symmetrical triangle pattern. So let me stop before we move on. Traditionally, symmetrical triangle patterns, you can't just make a prediction of where it's gonna move, you need a little context. In this case, we moved from uh, the downside up into this formation, so 70% of the time, more or less, we see these actually break to the upside. It looked like we even tried right here on the 3rd of September. We even rallied above this uh, level of resistance for a second before falling back into it. Uh, and just so you guys know, this doesn't break anything. A lot of times these lines actually should be more like uh, uh, ranges. So this is not a massive conf confirmation break out of it. This was a, a little short rally seeing, hey, are we ready to go? We didn't get the volume we wanted. We didn't get the price action we wanted. Go ahead and drop back into it. We tested again right here on the 16th of September. We came back up. We tested again. Are we going to break through here on the 8th of August? Turns out we could not just yet, and now we're working our way down. But just so you guys know, we are coming to the end where it's going to need to go ahead and make a decision. Are we going to break down? Are we going to break up? But just so you know, as far as Ethereum is concerned, we are still sitting in a position we've been sitting in now for a while. Let's go ahead and jump onto some of these metrics. Let's look at the RSI. Let's look at the MACD. Let's address what is happening. So the first thing I'm seeing right off the bat is we cannot say that we're seeing bearish RSI divergence because you're going to see right here we did have bearish RSI divergence. Let me go ahead and draw this for you. The top of here, the 7th of August, the top right there, let's see, what's that date? 7th of September, we see negative action versus we see, let me go ahead and zoom on this for you guys, uh, we see the exact opposite happening here. Well, guess what happened? Price went up, RSI went down, we had bearish movement, that's what we've played out. So that has been completely played out, so I'm not taking that peak into consideration. What I'm looking at is this peak right here and this peak right here. So the peaks on the 2nd of September, the peak on the 9th of October, we are seeing consistency with the price action moving down. Now, what you could look at and say that we are seeing potentially bearish RSI divergence, I'm just seeing it right now, so I don't know why I missed that. Uh, you know, human too. We do see a peak right here on the 16th of September that is lower than our current peak. Come on now, chart, work with me. We are seeing a rise in RSI versus we see a slight descent on the same dates right here. So actually, this could back up this negative price action we've seen started over the last couple of days to say that we are playing out some bearish RSI divergence. I want to make sure we are good there. Yes, we are. So 
Is this massive? Let's stop right there. Is this massive RSI divergence? No. I'm not expecting a 10%, 15%, 20% drop based off of this, but I am potentially suspecting we might come back down and test a little bit closer, maybe not all the way, but a little bit closer to this rising level of support in this symmetrical triangle pattern. And here's my hope, and this is, you know, the keyword hope. I'm not gonna make a decision on this just yet. My hope is that we come down here, touch this support one more time, use it as a trampoline to again resume to uh, new all-time highs with Ethereum. And guys, I, I think that that is very likely, but we'll cover that a little bit later. Just so you know though, RSI-wise, we are kind of seeing on the daily chart some bearish sentiment right there. Moving to MACD, it kind of even confirms that. It looks like our MACD histograms are slowing down and we are headed for a MACD bearish cross. Again, there is some space in there. We can't just say with certainty, absolutely, no matter what, it's gonna cross. I have seen before where this blue line kind of ends up coming back up, but right now it is it is heading very strongly towards a uh, bearish cross. So let's keep an eye on that and keep moving on. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and do market cipher, so I'm actually gonna pull this back up because what we're seeing on market cipher kind of backs it up even more. So we're actually seeing now three signals kind of say, hey guys, Ethereum is in a bearish movement, at least on the daily chart. So you guys are gonna see here, I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing again. We're seeing the money flows. The money flow is definitely receding. The RSI lines are going down. We have the VWAP. I didn't even talk about the VWAP. This is one I'm still learning more about. We see the VWAPs coming down actually pretty sharply. We have not a sell signal, but a red dot, kind of a negative dot flashing right here. Overwhelmingly, guys, the daily chart is kind of showing we need to go dip a little bit more before we resume our rally, and that is completely okay. That does not cancel Ethereum getting to all-time highs. Ethereum will continue to do what it needs to do. It is a great project. I expect by the end of the year, we're going to see it even outgain Bitcoin, but that doesn't mean it won't have some dips along the way. Let's go ahead and go to the four-hourly chart and kind of address what's happening there. So just starting out, I'm gonna start right here. Uh, another thing that's really crucial and we want to see this is not just break through this resistance level right here. We also want to see this level of resistance as a flat level of resistance be broken as well to see some strength come to Ethereum. Let's check out the RSI. Let's check out what is happening. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and move these down. I wish I was as fluent and as beautiful of a TA uh presenter as Jeb. That's not my skill set just yet, but I still hope you guys are getting a lot of value from this. Here is where I like to see on the 4 chart. So it, what we've seen happen a lot, Bitcoin and Ethereum, do they move identically? Maybe not, but they do move similarly. So just like we saw with Bitcoin, where we saw kind of a more bearish sentiment on the daily chart, but a bullish sentiment on the 4 chart, we're already off to a fast start to say that we're looking at a bullish 4 hourly chart on Ethereum. So I kind of like this. So for example, again, we're going to talk about how the reason why I'm not going to call this bearish RSI divergence, because I actually see that this level right here with a high RSI line and this level right here with a low RSI line, you know, yes, we saw a decrease in RSI, well, we saw an increase in RSI, or increase in price. That would explain why our price action is coming down. But what I see developing that's actually kind of really cool is I see some bullish, clear bullish RSI divergence forming. Let's go ahead and let's mark it right here. Uh, let's even go right, right here. Let's go right there. Price action right here on the 4th of October, we see a consistent higher lows on the price. However, when we look at the RSI points, we're seeing consistent lower lows with our points. This is bullish RSI divergence. This would show us actually the bulls are ready to rally to come back. So we're off to a great start on the 4 chart for the bulls to regain some strength, but let's keep moving to see if we can confirm or if we have a different opinion than even that. Let's go to the MACD real quick. And oh, that's the wrong line. MACD shows a stagnating histogram showing up right here. So 
the last two grams are a little bit stronger. They're red. But overall, what we're seeing over the last couple of days is stagnating. We're seeing a lot of kind of indecision happen there. So this does not really confirm nor negate what we see developing on the RSI. So overwhelmingly, I'm going to go ahead and say let's uh, let's kind of like sit and see what happens there. Um, okay, here we go. Great note I had on VPVR. This, for you guys who don't know, I love using the VPVR because it really shows, as Jeb's been talking about recently, it shows where there's a lot of action, a lot of power taking place and shows us great places in the market that it seems like when the price gets to this point, it's really comfortable. And if it wants to get above another point, it needs to do a lot of work. When we're looking at the VPVR, go ahead and zoom it. There we go. All right. You guys see this red line at ports. This is VPR even telling us, hey guys, look at this level of support as being very key. Guess where our price is sitting right now? Literally directly on top of it. We have the the price being 3444, uh, sorry, the 3421 with the price currently is 3444. We are resting right now on the peak of what is good support for VPVR. But here is the bullish side. Here's the bearish side. Look at this pocket right here. If we can continue, as Jeb is talking about, this is like a hill. If we can continue to rally, if we can continue to have some positive movement, the bulls take a little power, we could come up here and rest comfortably at 35,000 again. If we can hurdle that, get a little more pressure, we could fall all the way up, or sorry, not fall, rise all the way up to 36,000 before we really need to actually use that much energy from the bulls. The downside though, if we cannot hold, if the bears give themselves a push, it looks like we could fall potentially at least down to 33.72. Past that, we could go all the way down to 32.55. And if we can't hold that, if the bears are just building momentum, just like a ball rolling on a hill can pick up speed, there's a chance we could go all the way down to 31.35. That's not what I think is gonna happen, but looking at this VPVR, this is a crucial, we're sitting right now at a very, very important spot in the price action. And this is where it's like, man, if we're doing a tug of war, that line of the rope that's in the dead center is literally sitting right over the dead center of the field. Who's going to win? Do the bulls have the energy they need or is it the bears? As a whole, I would say it actually, to me on the four hourly chart, has a look like the bulls might be in the lead, but I want to continue to look at some stuff and even analyze that. Let's go to this, uh, this market. Oh my gosh. Market side for DBSI. <sighs> All right, 16. When I was looking at the second ago, it looked like it was six. 16. This would show right here. And I, I think Kelly was telling me this metric, this indicator takes into account like something like 40 different metrics to make it. So this is why it's such a powerful indicator. I can't tell you the specifics of all those metrics, but I know that it was designed with a lot of intelligence and has a lot of success in helping read the markets. We're seeing a 16 flash right there versus a negative five, guys. This indicator right here would spill would, would spell bearish movement, but even deeper, I want to go into even looking at their oscillator, which helps us do a lot of analyzation. Oh, there we go. All right. Overwhelmingly, guys, that is not looking great. You know, and this doesn't mean again 10%, 15% drop. It just means, hey guys, the bottom of Ethereum might not be in yet. It might actually need to go a little farther. You guys see right here, the, I'm gonna, just let me just full screen this. You see the, the, vol, the, the, the price action, the money flow, we're getting close to crossing to where there's more coming out than there's going in. You see the, the um, uh, momentum. It looked like we were going to fight back up before we fell again. And it, it looks, I'm just looking at the very tail end of it. It definitely looks like we're actually building more momentum to the downside. The RSI metrics, they're coming down. Uh, VWAP, it's coming down. So here's the thing, guys. Different than Bitcoin. Ethereum actually looks potentially like on both the four hourly and the daily chart that it it actually has a little price to go down, which is completely fine. And I'm going to show you this last thing before I kind of ask Taylor or Smay what they think. And that is 
the one metric we looked at that we were like, hey, we really like this is the bearish or sorry, the bullish RSI divergence. So again, we see this uptick in price. We see this lowering of RSI. If we can come down here, touch me more. What I said earlier, it there's a difference between massive divergence and sl a slight divergence. At the moment, I would say we're more in the camp of slight divergence. If we can continue to improve this and keep going with this, we could build even stronger bullish RSI divergence, which would allow for a stronger and more consistent rally. So this is something to keep an eye on. But if we're just looking at the charts, again, you don't just look at the charts. You need to pay attention to the news. You need to pay attention to fundamentals. But if we're just looking at the charts, it does look like we are in a season on Ethereum where we're going to need to probably have a little bit lower of a dip before returning to our massive rally to hit all-time highs again. So you can go ahead and go off my screen, Smey. Taylor, what are your thoughts? What are your, because I know you did a lot of research on Ethereum, both news-wise and technicals. What are your thoughts about what you see happening in Ethereum? Yeah, I think there's more of a buy potential today in Ethereum than there is in Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin has had its its like short-term rally recently. Yeah. And I think Ethereum has kind of continued its consolidation. It's continued coiling up. And I think it could be ready to break out now much yeah. more than Bitcoin is. I think Bitcoin is kind of in a period of kind of retracing some of those parabolic gains. I think that uh, what we need to see um, in Ethereum is just for, you know, just watch that tight channel that it's in now and, and see how it kind of plays with the support and resistance like you just showed us so, so well, so much more in depth. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I think the other thing, too, is if you if you have the time to kind of day trade, you know, buying now on Ethereum and then if it does go down, worst case, you can just cost average down before it makes that break uh, to the upside. So buying today definitely in Ethereum is yeah. definitely not out of the question for me. I, it's something I'm definitely entertaining. Um, yeah. But in, but in terms of uh, but in terms of like the, the two. I would definitely be on Ethereum over Bitcoin today. Yeah, and what we're going to do is we're going to jump in here. We're going to read some super chats real quick, find out what you guys are thinking. Uh, but we're going to talk about conclusions. We're going to talk about a couple stories here in the last segment, but also talk about conclusions, what we think, because it's not all about what the charts say. Sometimes the charts do not take into account recent stories, recent news. So let's start. Let's read some super chat, and then we'll jump in and give our concluding thoughts here at the end. Let me see. We have, oh, we have a lot of super chats here. We got one from Julian Robbins saying, Tim, what do you think is going to take to get the volume we need. ETF, big dip, another accumulation, institutions, it feels like we need a push. Uh, Julian, here's this is the volume that we need. And again, I've, I've talked about this on several times. I, I believe we're in a season of manipulation. I think that the whales really have control. I think that they're really trying to make their pockets very, very fat. And they know that they can take advantage of some retailers. They know they can't get all of them, but if they can get a lot of them out, then that's what's going to take. What they're doing right now is they're constantly looking at what are points that are great for buying, what are points that are great for selling, what are points that we, what are things we can do, what what stories can we make sure get published, what price actions can we make sure don't have that much happening to make the person who's not doing their research think, oh no, I think that I, I think this is the top. Let me go and get out, or vice versa. Oh, this is the best place to get. I'm going and getting in. And then they shake them out and they, and they, they make them scared. And they, that's what I think is going to I think what's going to happen is actually we're going to need the weak hands to be shook out. We're going to need the bottoms to have very low volume. We're going to need we're going to need to see a massive uptick in price that is followed by an uptick in volume. Uh, and, and sometimes when you see a, a price go up and the volume's not there, that just means, hey, people didn't bite on the hook. I use that analogy yesterday. It's, it's, the, it's like the whales are doing a fishing trip right now and they're fishing to see what suckers they can catch. If there's no bite, they're going to keep fishing. It's, it's when they catch the fish that that's when they pull on it and then keep going. So that's a great question, Julian. Uh, Alessandro the Cynical said, hey, Tim, have you ever considered also brought 
broadcasting live in podcast form. It's tricky to hide the YouTube app at work. Uh, Smitty, there is a app that you get the podcast, Uh, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, we're not streaming just audio right now. Um, but you guys, if you guys want to just listen to it in like a car ride or whatever, there's two options. One, we have our, uh, in our, in our description, we have a link to our Spotify. Yeah. So we post, uh, we post the streams after the fact, after Sweet. they've gone live. So you can go back and listen to them on Spotify yeah. or, uh, Kelly, like Kelly mentioned, if you guys, uh, have uh, YouTube premium, you can actually close the app and use it. Uh, let's just listen to the audio while we're live. Yeah. So that's kind of up to you guys. We can't really just st- stream the audio live um, at the moment, but yeah, we have a spot. We on Spotify, we have our podcast. So check it out. Yeah. Speaking of Kelly guys, he is literally almost a hundred people away from having 2000 followers. I, was it like two weeks ago? He had, I think a grand total of, was it 70 or 100? It, very little. Um, his his Twitter following is growing like crazy. Make sure you go follow him because just because he doesn't have 18 million followers does not mean the, the content coming from him is not gold. Guys, he has been a major asset to our team. The research, the the reading the on-chain metrics, reading the articles, knowing which ones are important, how to even analyze them, you will not regret following his Twitter and keeping updated on what's happening in crypto. So make sure, go, uh, go follow him. He's at Kelly Kellum. That's K-E-L-L-Y. K-E-L-L-A-M. So, listen, every single person, there are 2,761 people as of what I'm seeing on my screen watching. Every single person, go follow Kelly Kellum on Twitter. We need to get him, we need to get him way beyond 2,000. I want to get him to 20,000. So let's go do it. All right, we got another super chat. We're going to keep moving on. Asif Ramzan said, this is Asif from, I think he starts all of his super chats uh, from North North Carolina, but glad to have you, Asif. Okay to hold my 10K ADA coins till 2025. What is your price prediction for 2025? Man, I do not do that far out price predictions, but I will say to answer your first one, this is not financial advice. Honestly, Asif, do your research, make your informed decision, and then stick to it. But I'm telling you, for me, what I hold in ADA, I'm definitely holding till 2025 and beyond. As far as where the price is going to be, I really haven't put my brain to that uh, that date, so I couldn't give a good answer. Uh, so I'm going to keep moving on. But thank you so much. Abdullah Safar said, where do you think the total market cap will be at the end of this year? Gosh, that's another question. I really haven't yeah, put my own personal thought to. I'm sure Jeb would have a question that. Um, I do think all-time high, so I don't know the exact number, but I do think all-time high. I think we're going to see, I've, I've said it earlier in the stream, not only is Bitcoin going to be at all-time highs, I think that pretty much, not going to say everyone, because there's always exceptions to the rules, but all of the big altcoins are going to see all-time highs before the end of the year. Uh, that is just my prediction, but I can't give you a definitive number necessarily at this point. Uh, we have one from Matt C saying, hey, Taylor, welcome. At what market cap for crypto do you see? needing needed to get an order to decouple from the stock market and move on uh, for its own it's a it's a good question that's a third question about market cap so there's something in the air concerning market cap definitely on the mind of a lot of the folks that, that yeah. watch this show uh, that, I mean look that's a that's a very high level question the market cap for Bitcoin right now is it look like one trillion th- uh, 35 billion so you know it's it's what can I say? I, I just don't know the the market in that level of intimacy. I'm not looking at it in that way. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's I don't know that the market cap is really the indicator that I that to be watching with that. I'd say that the market cap 
or th- there's other things that are going to influence volume rushing in. Yeah. And I think that it has more to do with what we talk about on this show with like the government instability and inflation. Um, but but I don't think that you're too off the far off the mark. I mean, market cap definitely plays an important role. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, let's go ahead and move back into our last segment. And in this segment, we're going to talk not only about two stories that I think are actually very, very helpful at helping us maybe even continue, whether we already had the belief about it moving all-time high or confirming it, uh, as far as positive price action. The first one coming from Australia, and that is that we are seeing here right now, let me get to my notes, we are seeing an exchange uh, ATF offering exposure to crypto-focused companies could be coming soon to Australia within a couple of weeks. So, before we see a massive amount of, well, that's old news. Months ago, we heard that there was a chance this was coming, that there is in the works. Right now, what we are seeing is that this probably is going to be weeks away. And I'm not going to go crazy deep in this. I do want to hear what Taylor thinks. I do want to hear what Smay thinks. But I want to start off by saying this is a great reminder that Kelly even was talking about this morning during our planning meeting. And he said a lot of times, especially those of us who are here in the United States, we're tempted to lock ourselves into this thought as if the only thing that really matters when it comes to regulations and, and movements is what's happening in the United States, you know. Uh, it doesn't mean we ignore things happening in China because obviously whenever China does something, that's been massive. Whenever we see things happening in Japan, that's massive. But a lot of times, it's almost like we temporarily forget that other countries are going through regulations that will affect the Bitcoin price. So this is just a short reminder. Hey, guys, man, there's still some exciting stuff happening in the rest of the world. You know, America is going to not be that far behind. I think ETS are coming to America here soon. But Taylor, I'm going to start with you and then I'll uh, shift over to Smay. What are your thoughts about ETFs as a whole and specifically about the fact they'll be coming to Australia? And I'm going to read a couple other details after I give you your answer. Yeah, well, I think uh, Julian Robbins already asked that question today in the super chat, you know, talking about an ETF, a little foreshadowing about what we're talking about now. Look, an ETF would be huge for Bitcoin. I think it would give it would give volume to the asset. And I think it would bring a lot of credibility to the currency. I think that, you know, getting more news headlines out there concerning Bitcoin is only a good thing. And I think an ETF is really an acronym that people from where? From the New York Stock Exchange and other stock exchanges around the world, they pay attention to that acronym, ETF. You know, it's it's an evolution of the of the mutual fund, which has made a lot of people, a lot of people very wealthy. Uh, so ETF, it's a it's a huge buzzword exchange traded fund, you know, just to just yeah. to kind of break down that, that acronym. I think it's huge. I think it can only benefit really, yeah. um, you know, the what is it? Micro strategies has kind of functioned as the is the pseudo ETF. Yeah. For the short term for for Bitcoin. You know, Tesla has kind of played that game, too. But uh you know, it can only be big. It can only be good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That even you in this news, it's it, well, it might be even the more important details of it is that the companies that are going to be attached to it are companies like Coinbase, Riot Blockchain, and uh, MicroStrategy. So it's not just that we're having it. It's actually some of the bigger players in the market are a part of this deal. Smith, what are your thoughts about what we're seeing happening? Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of attention uh, yeah. to Bitcoin. I think that's the biggest strength that it has. I mean, I think in 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 actual practice, I don't know how in like how important and like uh, the success of the ETF is going to be. But I think just making, I think it it helps people, especially institutions like Taylor said, yeah. people who understand that, and uh, that's something that's made them a lot of money in other markets. That's something that's going to build a lot of trust for cryptocurrency and give uh, kind of like that uh, that ramp in for a lot of more traditional finance institutions to start investing in Bitcoin and trusting it. Yeah. So I think it's a, definitely a big thing for bringing attention 
attention yeah. and building that trust. And I think it's going to be huge for Bitcoin overall. I just, you know, yeah, that's my thoughts. No, overall, we're going to move on. But, you know, that's great thoughts going there. The the bigger story that I wanted to talk about, and, and, and you guys have heard me say this before, but it is the story coming out of J.P. Morgan. This last week, CEO Jamie Dimon has been on his own little trail of fudding Bitcoin. He calls it worthless. He says it, you know, it's not going anywhere. Meanwhile, his analysts, his researchers are disagreeing with him and actually making a prediction of $146,000 in Bitcoin. Not 100% certain what their date for that is, but it's kind of funny watching the CEO continue to trample on Bitcoin and yet even his own team and his customers, he even says it, listen, I've been telling my customers for a long time now, don't use Bitcoin, it's worthless, and yet they want it anyway, so at the end of the day, they're going to get it. Before I give my take, Taylor, what is your thought on what you see out of Jamie uh, Jamie uh, Diamond. I mean, when you look at somebody like Jamie Diamond, he's he's just a he's a classic version of someone who works behind the scenes, right? Yeah. He's the CEO of a just giant investment bank. You know, he has a lot of legitimate claim to to be saying things about asset classes and things like this. He definitely knows what he's talking about in some sense, but uh, in the short term, I think he has every incentive to test how his words resonate through markets and what kind of influence he has. You know, yeah. I think he's trying to see how he chalks up to somebody like Elon Musk, who when Elon Musk speaks and when Elon Musk says that they're going to change their uh, holding policy at yeah. Tesla, you know, that actually moves the price quite a bit, as we saw and felt uh, recently in May. Uh, yes. But can Jamie Dimon do anything similar to that? I think that we just saw that he kind of can't. I mean, maybe he can move it a little bit, but I mean, that's kind of the data he's looking at. And and True. now that he knows that he, he can't, he probably won't make too many statements from here on out, yeah. but he'll, he'll, he'll surely be looking for other uh, mouthpieces. We'll see. To we'll definitely see. I mean, I, I actually think he's going to keep making statements. And I, I like your, your idea, though, there is like he wants to almost become a figure, even though I think one of his quotes, he literally says, I don't want to be a spokesperson for Bitcoin. Well, Jamie, stop talking about it then, because you, you keep saying, I don't care about Bitcoin, and then you discuss it. But either way, Smay, what are your thoughts about J.P. Morgan, about Jamie Dimon? Uh, what do you got? I think Jamie Dimon is a big, stinky guy. Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah, I don't like him. Oh, my gosh. I've, he, also, I think, he has a, I think he has a small head. He, oh, my gosh. Apt. <laughs> apt. Here's, here's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, here we go. People have been waiting for it. You know, how could we have a Tim takeover without the mentioning of the composite man? I think that Jamie Dimon would classify into this boat, and here is exactly why. If you look at the history of not just him, but specifically J.P. Morgan as a whole, this is the classic, classic, classic company that manipulates markets, manipulates price points, manipulates their customers, and does things behind closed doors. Man, you look at the 08 market, I think Kelly was talking about this morning, through the 08 market, they were literally advising that their customers purchase certain stocks, while meanwhile, the corporate was shorting and, and betting against those stocks. They are notorious, even in the beginning, reading the history of J.P. Morgan, they're notorious for telling their customers one thing while doing something completely different. And here's why I think this is happening. It's because those researchers are not part of the composite man. They're just doing their job. Research is research. You can't argue with it. It's the people that get the microphone that say one thing and do a completely different. I've seen it in chat here, actually, a couple of things. I think you guys agree with it. And Shannon, if you want to put a chat up, I'm pretty sure it's overwhelmingly going to be yes. But do you think that Jamie Dimon actually owns Bitcoin? 
Bitcoin and that he's just flooding the market. That's exactly what I think is happening. I think that he is part of this manipulation problem. He is part of that composite man. He's going to flood the market with bad news. I think even this, Jamie Dimon is not an idiot. We can disagree with him. We can think that the things he says and the things he does are stupid, but do not insult his intelligence. The man is smart. You don't get to be a CEO of a billion, multi-billion dollar company without being one. However, that intelligence he is using for evil, not for good. He is purposely speaking at certain times to FUD people out of the market. What I love though is that he even is acknowledging, despite the fact that I'm saying don't buy it, my customers still want it. So that shows me that Bitcoin, again, that unstoppable train, people are waking up, they're realizing it, we're not listening to the composite man as much as maybe we have in the past, but do not disregard the timing of what he says, the details of what he says, and, and, and just blow it off as him just being an idiot. You actually could be very profitable by making sure you understand who is speaking and what they're saying and knowing their, their tendencies and their motivations as they say it. This is an example I truly, truly, truly believe is a shakeout moment where he is trying to discourage as many retail investors as possible to get them to sell, to get them to stay away so that the composite man can buy up more Bitcoin and watch as that price rises and they stuff their pockets with money and power. Do yeah. not be fooled by him. I'm actually going to vote on this right now. Does Jamie Dimon own Bitcoin? Well, I don't guess his, how his name is spelled, though. I, you know, Forget the spelling error. I think it's D-I-M-O-N. But, but no, honestly, I, I just think it's, I think you're entirely correct. Uh, all jokes aside, like genuinely, why else would he be so outspoken about wanting to, you know, give his opinions and so on if if he doesn't if he's not invested in it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of pretty clear when somebody makes either, you know, you know, like a microstrategy like a Michael Saylor, they're either really really championing Bitcoin then yeah. they probably own Bitcoin. Or yeah. if they're like really, really against Bitcoin, unless they're like a, a government official or something, uh, they, they, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's those people in between that are like indifferent on it that probably don't own it. But if there's people that are probably just trying to buy at as low as price by spreading FUD, I, I think it just makes sense that the more outspoken people are going to be the ones that are probably invested in it and have invested in it, not even like yeah. literally, but also just uh, like emotionally, right? Yeah. So. Uh, well, as we wrap this out, Ken, we're, running out of time. I do want to read some of the super chats. I want Taylor real quick, because this is really the question we were asking with this stream. Where do you think the bottom of Bitcoin's price is before we resume the rally? Well, it's a good question. The number I have written down from my, from analyzing it last night was 5,300. I think 50,000. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah 2000. 53,000. That's and, a good prediction. That's you know, a good prediction. You know, we, we get there and I think it's going to be a hard bounce yeah. off that. Yeah. Does it go higher from where we are today? Totally ignore 53,000. Could also happen. It's true. Uh, Smith, what are your thoughts? Uh, you want me to give me an, uh, give a number? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think my uh, uh, wait. Re-ask the question, just so I know. I'm where, where do you think the bottom of this dip is for Bitcoin before we resume back our rally to new all-time highs? Um, I really think we're. I think we're pretty. We, we've been you, pretty close. You think I, we're pretty much. It's almost in. I, I think we're pretty much in. And I actually, because I, yeah. I, like I said, I really see. I. Uh, I mean, my predictions, my price predictions for this week, uh, as we went over yesterday, I, I'm still pretty confident in those. I think we're probably gonna we're gonna have a pretty uh, sharp rally at the end of this week. By the end of this week, yeah. Uh, you know, that's just my thoughts, though. I, I actually love you know what he's mentioning is our price prediction we do every Tuesday. It does look like Jeb is in the lead on his prediction of. I think he said fifty six. 6,200 or 250 or something like that. You know, he's definitely, you know, in the lead on that one. I said 58.1. Just so you guys know, I was wrong. I had this feeling 
and and this was not reading the charts. This was where I disagreed with my own technical analysis and went with sentiment, and I was wrong. I was like, man, we're such strong pump of metals right now. I think that we're going to ignore the fact that our the charts are saying we need to go down and we go up. I was wrong. However, it's okay. I still hold Bitcoin. So for my own pocketbook, I love it because going down is going to allow us to to actually build up the momentum for the bulls that we actually need to rally. I'm in agreement with Taylor on this one. And that's the, you know, the reason I told him it's such a good prediction is I, I firmly believe that that 53,000 is super good for multiple reasons. I showed you guys the VBVR. We're sitting right at the key level. It's not confirmed. Smay could be right that we've already hit it. And that's completely within the cards, but there's also still a lot of strong sentiment. And we're not seeing the volume that I want to see. I think the price could potentially come down just a little bit. It'll then roll down that hill to VPVR, land at 53,000, in which case, not only the composite man and the whales and the institutions, but retailers will say, I've been waiting for a good buy opportunity. I don't know if that's you. Like, give me a one in chat if you're a person who's been sitting here over the last couple of weeks and you keep saying, I... I didn't get into that buy opportunity. Come back down one more time for a buy opportunity. Guys, 53 is going to be a great one. That's what I'm predicting. You couldn't go wrong doing it right now just in case what Smay's saying is true and we just go ahead and go up. However, I do believe we potentially will come down, touch 53 before resuming. Uh, so let's move to Super Chats and then we will close out the stream. We got one from... See, bleat this one. This is the old one I read already. Andrew Mendoza, love your show, Crypto Jeff. Very excited uh, for a bullish quarter four. Also got into, and he said a coin that I'm not going to read. Uh, so that's a show. Uh, the first part of it, Andrew, great. You know, I'm not going to read shill coins, um, but thank you so much for your donation. And yes, I think we are going to see a bullish quarter four. Joffrey Fritz said, "Happy birthday, TA Tim." Uh, what, did something was something happening in the chat that I was not aware of, where the rumor was it was my birthday? No, I didn't see anything. It's just a trend. I don't, you know, I'll take it. If, if people want to send me birthday gifts, it's just not my birthday. Uh, we had a donation from Mr. Business. Thank you so much. Uh, we had another one from Tiger King Coin T King uh, on Uniswap. So I think he updated his name from yesterday. TA Tim is doing a fantastic Jeb. I mean job today. Oh, so that was on purpose. Hey, see what you did there. Um, let's see here. Let's keep moving on. We had a donation from Simple Man Six Ninety Nine, and that is what I'm seeing. Unless I'm wrong, Smith, do you see anything else in chat that I potentially missed? No, but I think. Taylor wanted to say something. Do you want to say something? Yep. Oh, my God. I was just going to do a sound effect. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, do it. Go on. You're on the now. Oh, I, I don't I don't remember what it the is now <laughs> being put on the spot. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, what you'll learn about me, Taylor, is that I tend to do that a lot. No, that's I try good. to put people on the spot. Hey, give me the mic, baby. All right. That's right. That's right, baby. Well, guys, that is all we have for you on today's show. Again, wrapping this up, just in case you missed it. Bitcoin is rallying. Ethereum is rallying. Dips are a part of the healthy process. Do not let people fudge you out. Do not let people discourage you. We are still moving towards all-time highs. The question is just where's that bottom? So if you missed it, make sure to go back, watch the show. Guys, tomorrow Jeb will be back and he will be ready to go. So I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. If you have not followed us already on all of our social media pages, we are on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on, what else, May? Are we on anything else? Spotify. Uh, all of Spotify. Pretty much all the social yeah, Spotify. Pretty much. If there's, a, if there's something out there, we're probably on it. Make sure you go and Facebook. follow us. Just in case if YouTube ever shuts us down and we need to move somewhere else, you'll be already ahead of the game and we'll be good to go. With that being said, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and stay tuned the rest of the day as we continue to build you guys and make content for you that helps you navigate these shaky waters we're in in crypto and gets you ready to make some money. With that being said, that's all I got. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.